In 2006, I was walking around and I was praying in a field and God started to plant a seed of a dream in my heart. And it was the seed for this church called Journey Church. And this came at a totally unexpected time because even though I'd grown up in, in ministry, I'd been a youth pastor for several years. I saw thousands of teenagers impacted for Christ over those years. God had called me out of that season and into a brand new one where I thought maybe my ministry season was over. And so as I entered the field that day, the last thing I was expecting was for God to plant something in my heart, let alone for it to be a church. But a lot of times that's just the way that God works. So sometimes God plants something in you that he knows is his dream and not your dream. And so God planted that dream for this church in my heart. And, and why Journey Church? Because we're all somewhere along this spectrum of being far from God to experiencing ultimate real life in Christ. And so I started to ask a question. What would it look like if a group of people got together that was all out and all in for seeing that come to pass, to see people far from God rescued with real life in Christ? So there we were with no money, just a handful of people, and we gathered together in my living room in, in my little house in Cameron, Missouri, and we began to dream. We began to think, what would happen if we could just start from scratch? If we could just dream of the church that, that uh, God would put in our heart, what would that look like? And so I remember some of the things that I wrote down that evening as, as we began to dream of what a church might look like. I began to dream of a church that would have an impact on the community around them. I began to dream of a church that would befriend tax collectors and sinners for the saving of their soul just like Jesus. And so we launched out in October of 2006 in the community center there in Liberty, Missouri with just a guitar and a small group of people. The community center didn't last that long and we moved over to Northview Elementary for a season and then shortly after that we moved to the theater there in Liberty, Missouri, the B&B. Now the thing about the theater is the floors were all sticky, the place smelled like popcorn, but the seats were really, really comfortable. The problem is no one was sitting in the seats, which is really discouraging as a pastor. So the worship team would get up and I'd be the congregation, then we'd switch places and they would, I would preach to the worship team. And then finally it happened, we had our first visitor, the first person that we didn't know beforehand and the first person who wasn't related to any of us there. And so we thought maybe God's in this thing. And so even though we were only there for eight months, it felt like eight years, but God began to move us on in that time period and he moved us to Shoal Creek Elementary School. We went from the most comfortable chairs in town to the worst chairs in town. And so for the next five years, we would set up and tear down in this school gymnasium every single week. So these were years of doubting, have we heard from God? These were years of boarding burnout from the grind of setting up and tearing down every single Sunday. But these were also encouraging years, years where God was helping to form who we would be as a people, who we would be as a church, helping to form our identity. We went into that location with 38 people, and by the time we exited Shoal Creek Elementary, we added services and we had over 250 people. But it was time for us to take a step of faith. And I knew that it was time to either grow it or kill it. And so it was gonna be our biggest step of faith yet. So in 2012, we started to look around for a permanent facility. And the only place we could find, it would require twice as much money as we had in the bank just to do the renovations. So that was a gut check for our faith. Is God really in this thing? In December of that year, we took up an offering, a special offering, and in one offering, $50,000 came in. And so the Journey Church of 2012 sacrificed to allow Journey Church of today to be possible. 
And so over the next three months, we began to renovate that facility. And people began to pour their time and their energy tirelessly into renovating the building. It was like a picture of the body of Christ. You could see pieces of people in different parts of the building as they gave their time to it. In fact, as we looked at the auditorium that we were going to get, uh, it had been empty since the very beginning of when that building was built in 2006. It was like God saying that I, I prepared this for you even when I put that dream in your heart and it's just been waiting for you ever since. So over the last three years, we've grown like crazy. We've added services, we've doubled during that time, and we've learned this lesson that as we continue to take steps of faith, that God rewards those steps with multiplication. It's an amazing journey that we've been on so far. And as we look back at our story, it's not a story of buildings, it's not a story of locations. It's a story about steps of faith and transformed lives. It's the stories of the many people who've been saved, the many people who've been healed and baptized. It's about transformed lives and families that have come to know Christ. It's about marriages that have been restored. It's about the impact on the community. And so as we look back, it's really more about looking forward because we have so much to look forward to. And so I asked the question, what would it look like 10 years from now when we look back over the next 10 years? What will it look like? And my hope, my prayer, is that we would be able to see the dream continue, that we would see many thousands of people who are far from God rescued with real life in Christ. Amen. So many good things. That was five years ago, and here we are and still seeing God do amazing things. And so thankful for all of you guys as I look around, uh, and I was over in Auditorium 2. Thank you guys. Let's welcome Auditorium 2. That thing is almost full over there right now, and all of you guys watching online right now. So glad that you guys are a part of it. And listen, I, I've spent the last couple weeks and just, I mean, reminiscing and telling stories and, and looking at pictures and videos, and it's just been amazing, uh, just all the laughs and all the fun that uh, we've had over the last several years and to watch what God has been doing. And so today what I want to do is I want to kind of tell you some of our story. You've got a little bit of it, but I want to tell you some of our story, and then I'm going to preach along the way. So there's going to be a sermon here too, so uh, just get ready for that. But I'm going to tell you some stories about where we've been, and, and I was thinking about it, and it brought me back to an Old Testament story. And if you guys know the story in the Old Testament of the Israelites, God's people, right? God had these people, the Israelites, and, and Abraham, and the covenant, and all this. I don't have time to get into all of that, but, but you know that they were slaves in Egypt for 400 years. And then all of a sudden, God brings this guy named Moses and raises up Moses to deliver them. And, and you have the Red Sea, and they get out, and they part the Red Sea, and they get out, and they get set free. And then they are in the wilderness. The whole reason God set them free and brought them out and brought them through was for something called what? A promised land. And so they get out there, and, and they need to spy it out. And so Moses is getting ready to send out some spies to go check out what God has promised. Now, I want to just, just kind of bring this personal for just a little bit. How many of you guys have some things that you feel like God has promised you? Does anybody have some things maybe in your heart that you feel like God has promised? So I want you to get that in your heart right now. Because I believe that there are things that God has promised us as a church, and then also us as individuals. And so as we go through this today, I want you to keep both of those things in mind. But let's look at this, Numbers chapter 13, and verse 17. It says, so Moses sent them to spy out the land of Canaan, this promised land, and said to them, go up into the Negev and into the hill country and see what the land is. So he picks out these 12 spies to go spy out the land. One, they were chiefs, they were, they were leaders of their tribes. And he says, and go check out the land, go see what it is. 
Whether the people who dwell in it are strong or weak, whether they are few or many, whether the land they dwell in is good or bad, and whether the cities that they dwell in are camps or strongholds, whether the land is rich or poor, and whether there are trees in it or not. And he says, be of good courage and bring some of the fruit of the land. Now, this was the time of the season of the first ripe grapes. And so this was an opportunity for them to see what the land was that God had promised them. So in late 2006, there was a small group of us, I mean, a very small, just a handful of people, that we didn't, we didn't live in this area. We didn't, I, I had never lived in the Liberty area, the Kansas City area. None of us had. And we lived up north from here, but we felt God stirring something in our heart. And so we came down here, and I felt like spies in the land. <laughs> like, I didn't know anything about it. We didn't know anything about it. But we're coming here, we, we're checking it out, and we came as spies in the land. We just had a call of God on our life to come to this area and to, to plant this thing called Journey Church. And so in late 2006, we didn't know anyone, and we, we did, didn't know what to do. We'd never planted a church before. We didn't know how to plant a church. And so we just decided to sell our houses and to move here. <laughs> and uh, and we, we didn't necessarily intend on being here in Liberty, but there was just an opportunity for us to have a meeting. We, didn't, we just wanted to start. And so we started by having three meetings in the Liberty Community Center, once a month, late October, late November, late December. And as we were looking through things this week, I saw the actual invite that we had, and we got a picture of it, and I've got it at my house, but go ahead and put that up there, the actual invite. It's a paper, eight and a half by 11, and it said, nope, not wrong one. There you go, you got it. All right, and it, and it says this, here it is. This is great advertising, right? Uh, just, let me just give you a full sheet of paper, right? Journey Church, Sunday, October 29th, starts at 10 a.m. in the Blue Room in the Liberty Community Center. I look forward to anyone who can come and have some coffee with us. And we still got coffee, so we got something right at the very beginning. And so we decided we were going to have some meetings. And I remember, I, I didn't tell this story last night, but, but I remember what I would do every morning uh, as we were in those early days, uh, those fir- that first year. I would get up at like 5.30 in the morning or so, and at 6 o'clock I would drive down to inner city Kansas City. And I would pick up a guy who lived with a gal at the time, and uh, he, he was just a friend of mine that I just wanted to see God do something in his life, and I would bring him to church. So I would get up beforehand, and I'd bring him to get ready to set up and tear down, and he became our sound man temporarily. <laughs> and I would do that every single morning. Every single morning we would do that. And, and just, we didn't know what to do. And so we just started off. And so uh, we invited people, and then at, we were in the community center for, for three Three months, one, one, two, three services, and then we moved over into Northview Elementary. And it, I was telling some people earlier today or earlier last night that you know on one side of it was the cafeteria, and so we had church there. On the other side of the wall was the gymnasium, and that was kids' church. And then we didn't have any room for nurseries, so all we had were hallways. And and at that time, you have to understand that there were more kids in church than there were adults because we were young families, and, and we had no place for kids. And so they wouldn't let us use any rooms, and so we moved out of there, and then we found the theater. How many of you guys remember the B&B theater? Anybody remember that? Now it's like Academy Sports over there or something. And that was like a game changer. And for those of you guys who were there in those days, you may not know this if you weren't there, but there was a closet that lets you in underneath the theater seating. And they had these studs that that were just like this wide that you could actually slip in underneath the chairs. And so we found that one day and we asked them, hey, can we keep our stuff underneath here? 
And they said, sure, go ahead. So somebody would have to squeeze in underneath there and we'd pass all of our equipment in throughout the, uh, after the service. We'd be tearing down stuff and people would be coming in with their popcorn ready to see the movie. I'm telling you, it happened almost every single week. And that, that was church. And if you lived in this area, in certain pockets of this area in 2007, you might have got one of these genius of a door hanger invites that we had. Here it is. This was our idea of marketing. If this is what you think of when you think of church, we would love the chance to change your opinion. No, none of you came because of this. I'm fairly confident, but we were out hanging them on doors and because we didn't know what else to do. And so, uh, so then we went over to the BNB and, and, uh, and, and if you came to church in those early days, we created that CD. You can go ahead and put up that CD, uh, that first picture. There it is. That's one we could find. That's when I had hair up here, and Aaron didn't have hair down here. So um, we decided we were going to create this CD for all of our first-time guests. And you can't really see it, but on here it says the CD includes a welcome, the history of Journey Church. What history? There was no history. We were totally making it up. There was nothing to say. We made that before we even had one service. I don't even know what we were doing, but we, man, we were going someplace. And so, uh, so at late 2007, the theater tripled our rent, and we couldn't afford that, and so we, we became homeless really quick, but we found out that Shoal Creek Elementary, would, uh, we could rent that out. The problem was there was a gap in between when we could leave the theater and get into Shoal Creek Elementary. And the other problem was we had no, nowhere to store our stuff or transport our stuff. And so the last weekend or last Sunday, I believe, of, of being in the theater, I said, hey, guys, we're homeless. We don't have any way to transport our stuff. We need a trailer. And, and thank God somebody stood up and said, I'll buy a trailer. And so somebody bought a trailer. It's the same trailer we still have to this day. And uh, man, we took, that trailer took some abuse. How many of you guys were a part of the setup crew in those days and you walked in and out of that trailer a lot? Yes. That was uh, the ramp that folded down. Sometimes the top would leak in and we'd have to clean all that out. It was awesome. Good times. Uh, I remember the time we, we decided that we wanted to, to shorten our setup time and so we built this huge box, this wooden box. I mean, this thing weighed a thousand pounds. We built it. I mean, we were so happy to get it all in at one time. Had these big old caster wheels on it and stuff and so we pulled up. Man, we were so excited that Sunday morning to pull up to the church and we, I mean, we rolled, it takes like four guys to roll this thing out of the trailer. Uh, we rolled it out of the trailer and we got it up to the door and we found out very quickly that somebody mismeasured measured, and it would not fit through the door. Do you know that almost killed the church right there? I mean, that was it. That was almost, we were done. We figured out a way to make it happen, but those were kind of the, the early days, and, uh, and so we went into the theater, well, in that gap from the theater to Shoal Creek, we had 38 people, and, uh, and so we decided in that gap that we we're going to have something called Journey Church Underground, and uh, we, we, we recorded some messages for three weeks, and we split up into homes. I think we had three locations. We were multi-site at that point. It was, I mean, we were expanding, and uh, 38 people, most of those were kids. And uh, it was just, you know, you, when you're in the early days of something and God gives you a promise, how many of you guys know sometimes it can be discouraging, right? And some of you guys have promises right now that you may be in the early days, you may be in the latter days, but nonetheless, it can still be discouraging. And so point number one of this weird message I'm going to preach today is this, that Satan will always try to talk you out of the promises of God for your life. He will. He'll do whatever he can to try to talk you out of the promises of God for your life. So the spies go out and they spy the land. 
And then they come back in Numbers chapter 13, verse 25. At the end of 40 days, so they checked it out for 40 days, they returned from spying out the land and they came to Moses and Aaron and to all the congregation of the people of Israel. And they brought back word to them, to all the congregation. They said, hey, here's the fruit of the land. It's good. It does flow with milk and honey. Here's some of the fruit. However, how do you guys know that Satan always adds a however to whatever promise of God, right? Some of you guys right now are in the however. Like, it is good. The promise is good. However, however, they said, however, the people who dwell in the land are strong and the cities are fortified and very large. And besides, we saw the descendants of Anak there. And so they brought a however. You know, Satan will always try to talk you out of the promises of God for your life. When I came down here, uh, as we were first getting down here, I met with a pastor, a local pastor, and, and I told him what God had put on our heart. I said, yeah, we're here, you know, because I, I feel like God's telling us to plant a church. And he told me this. He, he looked at me and he said, listen, there's a church in every school in this city. Good luck. That, that's a however, isn't it? <laughs> I met with another pastor in the city, and, and he said, why did you come down here? He said, why didn't you meet with all of us pastors to see if we even needed another church here? That's a however, right? Like, like God gives you a promise and you're like, wow, you know? I can tell you both of those pastors aren't pastoring in this city anymore. But, but listen, Satan will always put a however to the promise of God. But we held on to the promise and a couple years in we were starting to see some fruit. You know, 2008 was a good year. People started to show up and, and started to, uh, to be a part. I'm looking at some of the, the faces of people who are in 2008. I got some friends over here. 2008, Jason and Cheryl, you know. Those are, I even wondered, like, why'd you guys even stay? You're like, you show up, no one is here. Like, I mean, it's just, it, it was an amazing thing. But by the 2009, we were starting to see people baptized. We were starting to get some traction. And so we found this uh, recap video that we did in 2009. Can you all, many of you, just place yourself back in 2009 for just a second. Where were you in 2009? 2009. Okay, think about that. And think about, so we're a couple years into the church, and, and God was starting to do some stuff. Still, still difficult. God was starting to do some stuff. But here was the recap video we did in 2009, just to give you a flavor of what Journey Church was like. Let's roll it. Burning. Hope is 
Get ready for an amazing 2010, 2010. Uh, is that, Luke, are you back there? I can't see. Okay, Luke, I remember Luke uh, when we did our first parade uh, in the band in the parade and he'd injured his neck or something like that. I had to, he was playing drums and I had to follow behind the trailer and hold him up so he wouldn't fall off the back of the trailer while he was playing drums. It was awesome. Just good times, good times, good memories. Um, so Satan will talk you out of it, and he'll try to talk you out of it, but he'll even go further, all right? Numbers chapter 13, verse 30. I'm going to move pretty quickly through this. Caleb, remember, there were two of the 12 spies that had a good vision, and they saw we can do this, and they were Caleb and Joshua. Caleb quieted the people before Moses, and he said, let us go up at once and occupy it, for we are well able to overcome it. Then the men who had gone with him said, we are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we are. So they brought to the people of Israel a bad report of the land that they had spied out saying the land to which we've gone through to spy it out. It's the land that devours its inhabitants and all the people that we saw in there are of great height. And we saw the Nephilim there, the sons of Anak and all this stuff. And he said, we seem to ourselves like grasshoppers and so we seem to them. Talk about a negative report, right? How many of you guys meet some people like that? They're like negative about everything, right? They were supposed to go out and check out the promised land, but they come back with this negative report. And they start talking bad about it. See, Satan will try to talk you out of the promises of God, but here's point number two. Then Satan will try to tempt you to slander the promise of God. You see, what does that mean? It means when God promises something, but then you start talking against what God has promised, you say it's not possible. You start talking against it and say, well, maybe it just can't happen. Well, maybe that's for other people, but it's not for me. Do you know what that is? That's slandering the promise of God in your life. Be careful not to side with the devil with your words and your attitudes and in your heart. Because he'll get you, he'll try to talk you out of it, but if he can't talk you out of it, he'll start to get you to talk against it. And listen, when we were there in Shoal Creek for five and a half years, set up, tear down, there were many times it felt like a wilderness, okay? It felt like it was tempting to talk against, like maybe this isn't what we were supposed to be doing. Maybe this isn't going to happen. But we kept fighting and and, and, and we got to this place where we're at right now in, in late 2012, early 2013. You know what the very first thing we did in this room right here, before there was any carpet, any paint on the walls, any sound system, anything, very first thing we did in this room was we had a baptism service. 
I got a picture of that, right? Like, like I was looking at it this week. This is the whole church in, in, in 2012, I believe. This is like everybody showed up for this. The very first thing we did in this auditorium was we had a baptism service. It was as if to say to the enemy, you're not talking us out of this. It's as if to say to the enemy that, that we are fighting, we are taking ground, we are hanging on to the promise, we're not going to slander the promise, we're going to take ground, we're planting our flag in this city. Now, now watch what happens. You go all the way to Numbers chapter 14, verse 6. So Joshua, remember Joshua and Caleb, they're the ones that saw the promise of God and held on to it. Joshua, the son of Nun, and Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, who were among those spies who'd spied, those who'd spied out the land, when they heard the people talking to David, they tore their clothes and they said to all the congregation of, all, of the people of Israel, the land which we passed through to spy it out, it's an exceedingly good land. They're hanging on to the promise. If the Lord delights in us, he will bring us into this land and give it to us. It's a land that flows with milk and honey. Only do not rebel against the Lord. He's pleading with them not to slander the promise of God for their life. It's like God promised it. Don't rebel against what God has promised. And do not fear the people of the land, for they are bread to us. Listen, what God has set before you, if God has set it before you, there's no enemy that can stop it. They are bread. Their protection is removed from them, and the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. Then all the congregation said, yes, let's go get it. Are you guys reading ahead? No, they said, let's stone them. <laughs> let's stone them, which is what most people want to do to people who, who hang on to the promises of God against all odds. Say, you're crazy. They went to stone them with stones, but the glory of the Lord appeared at the tent of meeting to all the people of Israel. Listen, if you hang on to the promise of God, the protection of God is with you. The protection of God is on the promise of God. And listen, even though God gives you a promise, there's still a fight to be had, right? They still had to fight if they were going to get the promise. They had to be in the fight, and most people aren't willing to fight for the promise. They just want the promise to be given. But the, the promise is given, but you got to fight to receive it. And so they, most people were not willing to fight. But we, we decided we're going to stay in this fight. We're going to stay in this fight. And years ago, we did this uh, sermon series called Fighting for Families. How many of you guys remember that? Some of you guys will remember Fighting for Families. And, and as I was thinking about this point, it just reminded me of that sermon series, staying in the fight. So how do you guys want to have some fun today? Anybody want to have some fun today? All right, I'm going to take you back to a promo, just to give you a little taste of what things were like, to a promo we did for Fighting for Families. So let's have some fun. Let's watch it. Oh, hey, Sean, what are you up to? Oh, hey, man, I'm just getting ready for this series fighting for families. I train people, I got a few ideas. You want me to help? Okay. All right, here we go. What's this? Up you go. This isn't hard. Grab the rafter. I'll be back after lunch. Really? Defend.
one now. It's a speed test. I don't know if this is such a good idea. I'm kind of having second thoughts. This is, ah! That had nothing to do with fighting for families. I'm getting back to studying. Yeah, that's fun. All right. We gotta stay in the fight. Here's what I wanna do right now. I'm gonna bring up some people who were with us from the very beginning. And you know, sometimes if you gotta hang on to a promise, you gotta go back and you gotta remember what it was like at the very beginning, right? Because sometimes it's easy to forget what God has done. And so these are some people who were there from day one at the very beginning. And, and I just wanna get some of their perspectives on what it was like to be with us. And so Ben and Lydia, they were with us from day one and really the only ones who have been with us year after year, week after week from, from day one until now. So you can give it up for them real quick because they've been with us the whole time. So what was, some, what was some memories from that very early, I mean, before the church even really started? Well, like I said last night, uh, first of all, when you talk about 15 to 20 years ago or whatever, and you're still an adult when you're talking about the story back then, that tells you that you're getting older. But, um, but I remember when uh, Sean and I were working construction at the time, and Sean came to the job one morning. And he said, hey, I just know there's going to be changes coming. I'm not sure what they are, but I know there's going to be changes coming. And so I went home that night, and I told Lydia, I said, I think Sean's going to start a church. And, of course, you fast forward a few months or whatever it was at that time that he started the church, and I realized, um, well, we all lived up north, and we knew we were going to start the church in Kansas City, the Northland. That's all we really knew. And so we all put our houses for sale, like Sean said, and ours happened to sell first. So we had to make the choice of where are we going to live, because we didn't know where the church was, but we knew we were coming this way. So we looked at houses at Zona Rosa, we looked at houses at Gladstone, we looked at houses in Liberty, and finally we settled on like 291 and Stark Road. That's basically where we rented a house and we lived there I think for five years, which for us is a long time, but, but uh, we lived there for five years. So we, God led us to that spot and then we ended up starting the church here in Liberty and around this area, so I believe God led us to the right spot. But um, I just wanna say as we looked over the last 15 years, our kids were three to seven years old when we started the church. And I'm looking at my kids now and they're 18 to 22. And so just a lot of time has passed and uh, it's been really good to see what God's done over this past 15 years, but yeah. Yeah, so basically picking up in his story when he came home and said, Sean said there's change in the air and I was like, okay. Well, I'm sure we can take care of the kids. And honestly, I was thinking about this again, that we really didn't have any like practice with that at all, right? Except that we were all going to, well, not all, we were going to his parents' church in Cameron, and I'd barely started serving slightly in kids' church. Anyway, so I was like, we got this. Sean will preach, Aaron will lead worship, and Becca can take care of the little babies. This, we got this. So listen, if you don't think you're qualified, I mean, you had like two <laughs> services of serving in kids' church right. and then start a children's I was ministry. Like, this will be so fun. Yeah. be encouraged. <laughs> yeah, we had anyway. Kids. But we all we had a lot of children. 
pretty, we already had four kids each, like Sean and Becca and us. Aaron and Sarah had three, I believe. So that already gave us six kids in kids church, and Becca had three, something like that. Anyway, so there was plenty, but we had a blast all the years we served. We really did. It's awesome. Yes. Sarah. Um, so I was just thinking all the yeses that got to this point to where we are today and more yeses to come, you know, thinking about the future and everything, you know, all of you guys need to say yes to things that God, God Sean's talking about promises in your heart. Um, but so I was remembering and something you already shared a little bit about was like, why journey? Or I mean, not journey, but why did we, we also the name of journey we didn't talk about, but why liberty? Um, and I remember being, before we started at the community center, we were in the Cameron house where you guys were at, and we unfolded a big map. And I think I, it was probably me being goofy, just like, well, how about we just throw a dart and just see where, you know, where are we supposed to go, Lord, you know? But God does have a destination. I mean, he did. Obviously, we're here. He has a destination for all of us. And again, it's about being obedient. It's about listening and just taking, you know, your phone fell. <laughs> again, just taking that step of faith. Um, and again, we didn't know anybody. And I think that was like one of the most fun adventure parts of it all. Like we didn't know anybody. God, what do you want to do? And we have seen salvations and healings and f just so many things. Like just thinking about Russ over here too. Um, just people coming to the Lord. Our family is growing and it's going to continue to grow because of the yeses. That's right. Um, from my perspective, the way the church started was a really cool story on how God can confirm something. And um, I want to say that I believe that anybody that has decided they're following Jesus is called to ministry. You're all called to ministry. There's, you know, it's not like, oh, well, Pastor Sean's called to ministry, but I work this other job. No, we're all called to ministry, but there are some of us who are called to what you might call full-time ministry or vocational ministry, like this is everything you're going to do. And even though I had worked in a church from 96 to 2004 in worship ministry, media ministry, youth ministry, God had never, that had never really happened for me. But the same year the church started, around March of 2006, I heard this crystal clear call from God on my life. It just didn't have any details with it. It didn't have any specifics. Some of you can relate to that. And it's like, you know God is calling you to something. You just, he just hasn't told you what that looks like. <clears throat> and so I kind of did one of these things where I'm praying and I'm talking to God. And I said, Lord, I will say yes to whatever it is you're calling me to do. And all I'm asking for you in faith is that, and again, this is around March of that year, is that by July 4th, you would tell me what the next step is. I don't need to see the whole roadmap, but I want to know how I can respond in faith with a yes to this call. And so that was my thing. I kept saying July 4th, Lord, by July 4th, July 4th. And in that interim time from March to July 4th, I prayed, I fasted, Sarah prayed, she fasted. God, what do you want us to do? We tried a lot of different things, drove to Colorado and handed a resume in by hand. It was kind of probably weird for that pastor. I kind of walked up to him and gave it to him and walked away. But uh, in, in that time, there were lots of trying things out. And I even, I talked with Sean a couple times 
you know, because it's like, you know, like Lydia was just saying, it's like, well, Sean, you preach. I, I can do worship. Maybe we could just start a church. And so the idea. No, no. <laughs> yeah, that was the answer. But so the idea bounced around a little bit, but there was never a definitive, this is what we're doing. This is what God said to say. And so jumping to the end of the story, some of you already know what I'm going to say. God says nothing. I get zip from him. No answer to the day that I declared, July 4th, and then we went to Cameron to go to a 4th of July thing with Sean and Becca, and he took me aside that day, and he said, much like what you saw on the video a few minutes ago, I was walking around in a field, and I heard God speak to me that we're going to start a church, and as soon as he said that, the Holy Spirit took me right back to the moment that I heard that call uh, several months earlier and was like, this is it. And so this feeling of confirmation was so amazing and so powerful and just this kind of completion that happened from, from, again, from my perspective, this call on my life to hearing Sean say, God said start a church and it all came together. And so for me, this church is just like a miracle because it's, it's just a pure confirmation of God and his purposes. Well, I wanted to share how Sean introduced this whole idea to me for the first time. And to give you a little bit, somebody laughed. You already know what's going to, to give you a little backstory. Um, when we stepped out of ministry, we didn't really have an idea to step back into ministry. And so, I mean, I, I, uh, the, most of you know that when I was younger, I had three nevers. I will never have more than four kids. I will never homeschool. And I will never be a senior pastor's wife. And we have five kids, and I've homeschooled for a really long time, and so I never say never anymore. But uh, so anyway, we knew God was telling us something's going to change, and we figured we were going to step back into ministry. But I did, it was not on my radar to actually start a church. We were um, talking to pastor friends. We were thinking about taking like a children's pastor position at a church or something um, along those lines. And this was probably... May of 2006, I'm guessing, and uh, we were driving from Cameron to Olathe. This was a Saturday night, and we stopped at uh, an elementary school on our way there. We just pulled into the parking lot, and I'm looking at him, and he's like, this would be a really good place to start a church, and I like look at him, and I'm like, do you want to tell me something? Uh, what are, and he's like, I'm just saying, I'm just saying to be, and I'm like, all right, and so we drive on to the church. On our way back, we stop at the Steak and Shake in Liberty, and we're eating, and he gets a phone call, and he's, and I, obviously I can only hear his part of the conversation, and he's like, I was just showing Becca a place where we can start a church. It's so funny. That, and I'm like, who are you talking to about starting a church before you talk to me? And anyway, it turned out that Aaron had been mowing his yard, and he just, he stopped in the middle of it and went inside and talked to Sarah. And they both felt like right then they were supposed to call Sean and say, let's start a church. And so it's, it was just one of, it seems simple and small, but it was one of those things I look back on as just a confirmation because I'd felt things stirring in me, but I didn't know what they were. And so the way God moves, has moved through this So is many amazing. confirmations along the way that we're like, how in the world, like how did God put all that together? And we didn't finally, um, 
we, we took some time away on our 10th anniversary and we just said, we're just going to settle this. You know, God, what are you telling us? And so we, we came out of that and that was around June 22nd. We came out of that, that, okay, we are supposed to start a church. And then a few weeks later, then I had that meeting with Aaron and, and that was it. And so it's amazing how God can just confirm things along the way. Pay attention to the little things that God does in your life. Pay attention to the little confirmations, to the little words here and there, because you never know what kind of case God is building for the promise that he's put in your heart. Now, along the way, we've seen a lot of people, outside voices, be able to speak in our life. And I asked a few of them if they would uh, share and, and, and celebrate with us today. So let's take a look at that. Pastor Sean and Becca and Journey Church, I just wanted to congratulate you on 15 years. Man, what a milestone that is. You know, that uh, this reminds me of a, a lyric line from the song of from We the Kingdom, the worship group. And it goes like this. It said, uh, I'm not, not yet where I'm going, but I'm a long ways from where I was. And I think that's the way you guys are. You're not yet where you're going. But man, 15 years, you're a long way from where you were 15 years ago, right? And so uh, I brag about you guys all the time. Uh, I say there's this church in Kansas City. I think it's one of the healthiest churches that I work with. And, and I believe that. And I think uh, there's a number of reasons why that. But I think two things that really stand out to me about you, Pastor Sean and Becca, about your team, Aaron and Sarah and everybody, and the people of Journey Church. I think two things. One is your unwillingness to compromise the truth of God's word. You've just never backed away from that. Never, um, you know, succumbed to the influences of the culture and all the, you know, the you know the latest gimmicks of the culture and everything, even in the church culture. Uh, but you've just stayed true to God's word and, and living God's word. And I think that's, that's such an integral part of why you're at where you are 15, in 15 years. And then the other thing is uh, your unwillingness to compromise the leadership of the Holy Spirit in your life. I've just watched you as you've just been, been spirit-led people, people who really allowed the spirit of God to be the one that directed your, your hearts, uh, your works, everything that you do. So again, um, I'm just so thankful I get to be a small part of this. I get to watch you guys. I get to work with you guys, I get to build the kingdom of God together with you all. Uh, I'm excited about the future, uh, what God has in, uh, in front of you, in store from you, in store for you. Um, it's going to be amazing. It's going to exceed your expectations. That's kind of the character of God. But anyway, again, Congratulations. Uh, I don't know how you're going to celebrate, but I'll just say this. Whatever you're going to do, have a blast. God bless you guys. Hi, greetings from Tom and Linda Buckle from Arizona. We congratulate you, Sean and Becca and Journey Church on your 15 years. And uh, we're so happy that we were part of the beginning days uh, when we moved from California to Kansas City right in the neighborhood of maybe your first Sunday, I believe it was in April, in the school. And uh, we came that very first Sunday and surprised you that we lived there and we got to be with you for the next three years, I believe. Uh, and it was really a privilege because I love pioneering work like yours. And I believe the key to your success is the way you both pray all the time and commune with God. I've never seen you run ahead or lag behind, but always, always trying to find 
the will of God. I remember, Sean, that you asked me what I would like to do, and I quickly said, let me work with the women, because as women develop friendships, that will help grow the church and make it a, a very family-oriented church. So we did a once-a-month women's fellowship meeting uh, in my home, and uh, I insisted on fixing the breakfast because your women are very busy with children and a lot of other things that they do, and I uh, really wanted to do that. And so I, I, I believe it was very successful and we accomplished our goal. And Becca, I'd like to say to you, I've watched you as you've prayed with people at the altar and so much respect the fact that you take your time to pause for a few moments and ask God's will for the person before you pray for them. I believe that you have probably seen many, many answered prayers right there at the altar. I'm so proud of you guys. I love you so much. And when we're home back in Missouri, we will really try to visit you every time we come. Love you so much. It was the first Sunday uh, that you were at the school when we came. And every, every one of the family members was out by the window. And so as we entered in, of course, Linda said she had to come to preach, but, <laughs> but uh, we were there and everybody was cordial, invited us in, and we had a wonderful time being a part of the family of God in the church. And I strongly remember uh, how you came to visit us every two weeks, it seemed like, and we got, to, got a chance to know you even more. Linda knew you before, but I didn't. And I was able to share with you some things in ministry that you ask about. And I'm very pleased to be a part of your celebration for your 15 years. My, oh my, how God has blessed and continues to bless you as you seek and do His will. Best wishes. God bless. Hey to Pastor Sean and Becca and all of the Journey Church family from Jared and Jennifer here at New Tribe Church. We want to wish you guys a happy and blessed 15th anniversary. Hey, Journey Church, Pastor Clint here from Life Mission Church, just down the street in Olathe. And I just wanted to come to you guys and say congratulations on 15 years. You guys are killing it. You're doing an amazing job down there. And I'm going to tell you something. I love Journey Church. I am one of your biggest fans from afar. Now, I don't know many of you, but I want you to know I know your pastor. I know Sean. We know Sean and Becca. We love them. Aaron and Sarah. Listen, we, you guys are an amazing church, and you have amazing leaders. And so, so proud of you for 15 powerful years, but the best is yet to come. The future is bright for Journey Church. Can't wait to hear what God's going to do next. Sean and Rebecca, Journey Church, 15 years. That is absolutely phenomenal. We are so proud of you guys. Not everybody has the tenacity that it takes to keep on going and keep on believing with all the obstacles that come up in ministry. We're proud of you. I believe that because you've got the foundation that you have now, the best days for you and for the ministry are still ahead. Amen. So honored to have people like that in our lives. And it's great to mark our past. But I mean, you guys know we're not living in our past, are we? 
It's good to remember, but we don't live in our past. And, and if those of you guys, how many of you guys remember that Jimmy Evans video that we showed a few weeks ago? Uh, in that video, he talked about how most churches will grow for their first 14 years, and then at the 14-year mark, they either plateau or they start to die off. Do you know what? For, our 14th year as a church was 2020. That does not count. I'm counting as a mulligan. It's, it's not going to be the case for us. And so I am not going to count that year, okay? In fact, in the, in the beginning of 2020, I had a word from God that I believed that it was going to be a harvest time for, for our church, that we were going to see souls saved. And, and in the first eight weeks before everything hit, in the first eight weeks, we had over 80 people respond to Salvation Altar Calls in our services in the first eight weeks. But what happened? Here's what I believe happened. Satan stole the harvest from us. I believe he did. Because he's a thief. That's what he tries to do. He's a thief. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And, and we had a harvest, but it seemed like wheat and tares kind of happened. And, and, and the harvest was stolen. Something was stolen from us. And I'm not talking about an election, okay, in 2020. I'm talking about the harvest was stolen. Why? Because of weary people. Because Satan tries to come and just wear people out. Galatians chapter 6 verse 9 says, Let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not give up. Satan may have tried to steal something from us, but I can tell you as your pastor, we're going to go get it back. We're going to go get it back. And I mean that. I mean that. I'm more excited than ever. I am more fired up than ever. If you've been around me lately, you know I'm more <laughs> fired up than ever, and we are going to get it back. You fast forward the tape in the story of the Israelites all the way to the book of Joshua. Remember Joshua and Caleb, you know, the, all the Israelites wandered around for 40 plus years, and everyone else died out except for the two spies that saw the good and held on to the promise, and Caleb was one of them. And he says this in Joshua chapter 14, verse 10. It says, and now behold, he's like, the Lord has kept me alive. He's like, and he, he said, these, as he said, these 45 years and ever since the Lord spoke this word to Moses while Israel wandered in the wilderness. And now here, I, and I love this. And this is a famous sermon that many people preach, but I love the tenacity of Caleb. He says, here I am this day. I am 85 years old and yet I am as strong this day as the day Moses sent me. Just as my strength was then, so now is my strength for war, both for going out and for coming in. And I love the way he says this. He says, now give me this mountain. He's saying, now give me this promise that I've been hanging on to. He didn't let go of it. He said, give me the promise. Give me the mountain of which the Lord spoke in that day. I have not slandered it. The, the devil hasn't stolen it from me. I've held on to it. Now give me a shot to go get it. And some of us need to have that kind of tenacity. He says, give me this mountain of which the Lord spoke in that day. For you've heard in that day how the Anakim were there and the cities were great and fortified. But it just may be that the Lord will be with me and I shall drive them out just as the Lord said. Here's the question I have for you and it's really point number three. What kind of spy will you be? Are you going to be like the ten or are you going to be like the two? What kind of spy will you be? Are you going to be the kind that sees giants, or are you going to be the kind that sees milk and honey? Because the faith life, here's what I want you to understand. The faith life is a forward-leaning life. The moment you start to lean backwards is the moment you stop acting in faith. 
Are you going, which kind of spy are you going to be? Because as soon as there were problems, then, then the 10 started leaning back. But even in the face of problems, the two started leaning forward. What kind of spy are you going to be? Are you going to be the kind that sees the problems, or are you going to be the kind that sees the promise? Some of you need to get that promise in your head right now and in your mind and in your heart right now and ask yourself these questions. What kind of spy have I been? Have I just been looking at the problems, or am I hanging on to the promise? Has I been, have I been looking at obstacles, or am I looking at the opportunities that God has? Am I going to be timid or am I going to take advantage of my time that God has put in front of me? Am I going to be the kind that, that shrink back or am I going to be the kind that, that take ground? Am I going to be the kind of person that follows after popular opinion or the voice of the Holy Spirit? And I'm telling you, as Journey Church, I can tell you what Journey Church is going to be. We're going to be the, kinds that, the kind of people that lean forward. The kind of people that see the, the promise and not the problem. The opportunity and not the obstacle. That we are people who don't shrink back in these times. We are the type of people that take ground in these type of times. We are not the type of people who stumble in fear. We're the type of people who step out in faith. And some of us need to settle what kind of spy are we going to be. Some of us are wavering between two opinions right now. And one of them is the voice of the enemy, and one of them is the voice of God. Right now, this one may sound like the voice of reason. But the promise is over here. What are you going to do? Are you going to hang on? We're not victims, but we are victorious through Christ. Amen. Somebody give some praise for that. And listen, as much as I talk about the fragile beginnings of Journey Church, here's what I want you to understand. Yes, the beginnings were fragile. But we were ordained and appointed by God from the very beginning. We didn't come in through a side door to get here. We were ordained by God to be here. We were anointed to be here. And listen, the same is true for you. What God has promised, it, you're not coming through a side door. God promised it to you. You have been ordained and appointed and anointed for the purposes and the promises that God has for your life. And listen, you're, you know, I had somebody speak this over my life a few months ago. They said this. They said, your pace is quickening. And here's what I want you to understand as the pastor of Journey Church, and this is what I sense in my spirit, that, yes, the last 15 years has been great. We've seen amazing. I can't tell you how many, I was thinking about this week, how many hundreds of people have been baptized in this church. Hundreds of people. I can't tell you how many hundreds of stories that I've heard of miracles I'm serious. I'm being serious. Like, the many that were documented medical miracles. I, I'm telling you, I can't tell you how many stories I've heard uh, in this church of marriages that have been put back together, of breakthroughs that have, that have happened, of callings that people have stepped into. But I'm telling you that our pace is quickening. I'm telling you that the next 15 years are going to be faster than the last. And I'm not talking about in timeline. I'm talking about in activity of the Spirit and what God wants to do. And I believe that's a word for our church, that there's an acceleration that's going to happen. But I believe since you're a part of this church and connected with this church, it's also a word for you, that there's an acceleration that's going to be happening. And so I, I want to wrap this up and have the worship team come back up. But I, want, I really want somebody here to decide once and for all, what kind of spy am I going to be? Am I going to be the, the type that's with the 10, that sees all the problems, that shrinks back? 
Am I going to be that kind in my marriage, in my family, in my business, in my ministry, in my calling, in my relationships? Or am I going to be the type that leans forward and says, God, what do you want to do this day? Am I going to be the type that's a Joshua and a Caleb that says, you know what, I may not have seen it up to this point, but I'm hanging on, and I feel like through the power of the Holy Spirit, I can have the strength to take my mountain. No matter what has happened the last 40 years, no matter what has happened the last 10 years, no matter what happened in 2020, that I've got the strength through the power of the Holy Spirit to step into a new day. And somebody needs to get a hold of that today. Because that's not just Sean preaching a sermon. That's like a right now thing for somebody. That's like somebody needs to get that. Somebody needs to settle it. I'm talking about settling it. Because Satan has tried to steal it from you. Some of us have been slandering the promise. But we need to decide what are we going to be. We, this past uh, Thursday, our, our ministry leaders were sitting around a table and we were all talking about stories about how we ended up at Journey and, and what God had done. And one of, one of the things that I heard over and over again was one person at the table point across the table and say, you know, I remember the first time I met you and you said this or you spoke this. It was like a divine appointment moment that really caused this to happen. And it's like almost like everybody had a story like that. And here they were, you know, that was 2011, 2012, 2013, when all those people started to show up at the church. And they had all these stories. And then years later, like nobody knew each other, but years later, they're all sitting around a table, stepping into the promises of God, leading this thing. And here's what I want you to understand. You may think that the little things are just little things. But you may even have a moment like that as you walk out of this place. You may have a conversation with somebody because you're connected in the divine flow of what God is doing in this moment. That years later, somebody may be sitting around a table and point across the table at you and say, I remember that conversation. I remember that moment. I remember when you stepped out in faith and you said something that you were struggling with. I remember when you brought that encouragement. I'm telling you, you, you may have that story. And I just want you to be encouraged that God has promises for you. And if you haven't heard them yet, start seeking them. Start off by seeking God. <laughs> but if God has given you a promise, don't you dare let go of that. Don't you dare let go of that. There's too much at stake. I've said it a thousand times, but there are people on the other side of your obedience. There's too much at stake. And God has a big plan. Would you guys stand up with me? Lord, we give this time to you. We're so thankful for what you've done just in this church. But Lord, I'm so thankful as I look out around all of these people that I didn't know before, but many of them are the most dear friends that I have in my life. And I can look out and I can see the stories of when I baptized them or prayed for them or they prayed for me or we sat in each other's homes and shared the word of God over a meal. Lord, I'm so thankful for this group of people that you call, we, we've called Journey Church and that you've placed us here and in so many ways, even though there's a rich history that we have now, I feel like we're just getting started. So Lord, I pray for fresh vision to come for people, for 
a fresh unity to come in in this church, for a fresh excitement and a joy, for dreams and visions and callings to be called out, to be awakened, to be rebirthed, to be afresh and anew. We just declare that we are new wineskins to be able to hold this new wine that you want to place in us so that 10, 15 years from now, we'll see that our pace is quickened done more than we could ever ask or dream or imagine. Lord, we declare that by faith in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's worship. Let's worship.